Well, hello everyone, Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our May meeting. It's just crazy how this off season goes. We just kind of jump around and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, it, the, the, the season's gonna be here. It'll, it'll be here before you know it. And I appreciate everybody taking some time to get us ready for, or join us to get ready. So we all get ready, get us ready, get you ready, get everybody ready for the season because this is where we do it. This is where we do the work, kind of get in the nitty gritty of, of the rules, of the mechanics, of the philosophy, going over video plays and stuff like that. So that way we, we can make the mistakes here or discuss them here. So that way when it actually happens on the field, we get it right. So like I said, I want to thank everybody for being here, taking some time out in their, of their May uh, 17th and still a long way away to the actual first kickoffs but I think some people are working spring ball I think spring ball for is go, is getting uh, more popular and more acceptable and, and allowed across the country I know they played some spring ball here in the Las Vegas area I know they played in Alabama in fact we were down there one year to work it or I was I should say to work the spring ball in Alabama so you know they do it in the south for high school and obviously, if you work in some college stuff, you're getting getting some looks there too. So the snaps have started. You know, it's now time to start. You know, thinking about the the actual high school season, which is just around the corner. So we got a great meeting tonight. We're gonna get right to everything that uh, we wanted we want to talk about. So let's uh, let's go here. Our uh, for so just kind of what the meeting's gonna be tonight. We're gonna first talk about. Uh, I have some announcements here real quick. We're going to kick catching interference. So for, for those of you who were here, I think it was back, it was back in, um, in March, we, we didn't get to this. And so I said we were going to push it back because I wanted, I think this is an important topic. So kick catching interference, we'll talk a bit about that tonight. We're going to do a video review. And I'm like, hey, Tim, don't we, we always do video review. But this one, we're going to go through the, a couple of the plays of the week that we had and break them down more specifically and kind of peel back the layers and kind of give everybody a little bit of hint those plays of the week are pretty cool now because i'm just kind of giving you a boom here you go tell me what you got and we've had a lot of great comments on that which i appreciate the the, the feedback and everything is that, that you're doing so continue to do that you know if, if, if you're out there you can always email me can text you can actually there's a text line now robert's not here again tonight we're gonna bring everybody else in but uh i'm keeping an eye on the text but you can text those play of the week stuff too so that way i can hear what you're going on so we're gonna the video review is gonna gonna break that down uh we're gonna break a couple of those plays down even more so looking forward to that so what do we got for our announcements well mib apparel it's at the bottom but <laughs> this is what you people have had i mean People have asked. They want the MIBT stuff. We got brand new stuff. It's there. MIBT Apparel. Go check it out. We also are going to have uh, our, our next meeting is June 14th. So you want to mark your calendars for that. And then we're going to, like I said, keep checking the plays of the week. Uh, high school best practices. High school football best practices. I talked about this. This one's going to be available on Monday. Yes, it's available. So there's a, there's a list you know, for our announcements. You want to check those out, kind of write them down, see what you got. Monday, available here for subscribers. 
you're a subscriber to MIBTOnline.com, and we appreciate that. Thank you. We're building a community here. So tell your friends, tell your officials, fellow officials, tell your crew you need to be part of this because it's going to make you a better official by joining us. But the one of the benefits of being a subscriber to MIBTOnline.com is that you will get first access to this. And it's going to be available on the football page. So you might see it in the, in the courses, and it costs money. It doesn't cost money for you. All of the sections of that video are going to be under the football tab starting on Monday, and it breaks down all the high school new rules for this year, all of them. I mean, more than we did with Brian the other day. It goes, there's graphics, there's examples. There, it's, it's about an hour long, and you want to check it out. So that's going to be available on Monday under the football tab. It will be available for purchase for anybody else who wants to just download it, or, or I should say just stream it. So don't, don't worry about that one because that is not for you. For us here, subscribers, you get the free stuff. So, all right, well, let's, uh, let's uh, I think that's it for the announcements. So we're gonna go to kick catching interference. So before we do that though, I do, I do wanna bring in our, our esteemed panel. They're with us and you know, it's, it's really a pleasure to have these guys. Like I said, we got Bill Lamagne with us. Bill is uh, enjoying the, uh, the cool weather there in the Chicago area. Bill, how are you doing today? Thanks for being here tonight. And wait, before you start talking, I need to turn your microphone on because I seem to forget to do that every time. I seem to remember it this time. But Bill, how are you doing? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, yeah, it is a little cool here in Chicago today, but um, warm weather will be coming soon. Always is spring around the corner. So we also want to bring in Mike Billica. Mike is with us. Mike, how are you doing today? Thanks for being here. Doing great. It's, it was a beautiful day for softball today up here in Northeast Connecticut, and uh, it's great to be on tonight. All right, perfect. So now that we got everybody here, let's get to our kick-catching interference uh, discussion tonight. So like I said, the kick-catching interference thing, as I pull uh, up our first slide, this is something that, I mean, do we have a problem, I mean, with, or have we screwed up, or this or that? I don't think so, but it's a really good review on, on what kick-catching interference is, because I've got a couple plays that will challenge us and, and ask us, and get us ready for, you know, if we were to have a play like that this season. So uh, let's see what we got here. Let me uh, make sure we're good to go. All right. All right, so here we go. So you can see kicking team restrictions for scrimmage kicks on kick-catching interference. If you can, if you can read, I'll, I'll go wide so everybody can see that and see exactly what we got. The kicking team restrictions. They, they must, the kicking team must give the receivers an opportunity to catch the kick, regardless if the fair catch is signaled. And I think that's an important thing that we can't, we can't forget. It doesn't matter if they signal fair catch or not. They still are given the opportunity, the receivers are, to catch the ball. Uh, un, unmolested or you know uninterfered with not interfered with they get that right regardless of fair catch so sometimes I think we forget that that you know that you, you don't need a fair catch I mean most of us are on top of it but that that's just a reminder there the second thing is that on a scrimmage kick 
the kick can be an airborne kick can be catched or caught, not caught, caught in the air if there is no receiver in a position to make an attempt on that ball. Now this is different from a free kick, but a, you know scrimmage kick. If if nobody's there, I can get under, and I, I if I'm the kicking team and I can make uh, or actually catch the ball or touch it while it's in the air or something like that. But don't forget on this if there's anybody. If there's anybody in the area, anybody around or, or, or a receiver that has the opportunity to make a play, then the kicking team cannot do that. So it does come down to a judgment situation. But if you, I mean, if there's a receiver and they look like they're going to do it and then they stop because they see a kicking team player come, I don't know. You might want to think, well, maybe the kicking team didn't give them the opportunity to make that catch. So that is... That's the first part of this for kick catching interference. And these are things that I want you to remember as we go to our plays. Try to take what we're just saying here and then incorporate them once you go to the plays. So that way you can, we can take the rules and, and merge them with our, with our plays. So we also have the kicking, team restriction, the kicking team restrictions in regards to a free kick. Now free kicks are a little bit different. So let's read through this one real quick. Kicking team restrictions for the free kick. A kicking, kicking team during a free kick shall not interfere with the receiving team's attempt to catch the kick in flight. There's a difference. So this is, this is one of those where I, don't, I think we might know better than the players. The kicking team uh, on a free kick sometimes thinks they can go and catch it in the air because they can at other levels, but they can't at high school. That ball's in the air. In the air, the kicking team cannot... Uh, catch the ball airborne because that's catching interference in high school. So just, just keep that one in mind as well in regards to when you're ruling on a kick catching interference potential. Kicking team also cannot touch a free kick prior to it touching the ground regardless if the receiving team player is in a position to catch the kick or not. That goes back to what we were just kind of saying. It doesn't matter if there's nobody there, it, doesn't, it still doesn't matter. They have to let the ball hit the ground first for a free kick. So free kick, remember, that's the difference between free kick and a, uh, a, um, a scrimmage kick. So now let's look at the final piece of our what do we do when we have kick catching interference. Well, obviously, if we have that, then we're going to have a foul. So we have to break down our penalties, and here's how it goes. If you've got kick-catching interference, you've got three choices. Uh, you can decline the penalty, but that's most likely not going to happen. But you, really, it's going to be 15 yards from the previous spot and re-kick. Reason why is that kick-catching interference happens during a loose ball play. In high school, a kicking play, a, a scrimmage kick, free kick, loose ball play. So if i got a loose ball play, I have to enforce a loose ball play from the previous spot. But, so they do have that, you do have that option. And I say re-kick, it could be re-kick for a free kick. It could, it's replay the down if it's a scrimmage kick. But here, because you, you never know what they're going to do. But here's what really is going to most likely happen is the second one. And they added this a while back. 15 yards from the spot of the foul and awarded fair catch. And the reason why it says there, it cannot add on. That's important because when they change the, the, the penalty enforcement, or if a kicking team fouls during a kick, the receiving team has the option to add that on at the succeeding spot or at the end of the kick. 
this does not qualify for that. So they don't get bolt, you know, they don't get to do bolt. This is actually, they don't get to add this on to the succeeding spot. This is, you either get the, the, the awarded fair catch at the spot of the foul, the 15 yards. And remember, awarded fair catch. So there's a lot of things going to happen with fair catch. You could have a, you could have a free kick for a score. Again, I haven't seen that one. If you got that video, send it to me. I want to see that free kick for a score. I know it's happened. I've heard it out there. It's, it, but they, you, this one cannot be added on. So now we've got, we, we've got the basis for exactly you know, of how we're going to rule when it comes to our kick catching interference. Now, let's get to the plays. And we can now take what we have learned and apply them. I mean, a lot of you already knew this. A lot of this was a review, okay? But I wanted to review so that way it's fresh in your mind and you know when we go to the play exactly how we're going to rule on this. And so what we'll do is we'll bring in, we'll bring in Bill and Mike. And remember, you can text if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you disagree. Like I said, this is a community. This is a back and forth. I am, <clears throat> Robert is not here, but I am looking at the text. So if you've got a comment or a question, I'll, I'll get it. <clears throat> and we can go back and walk through and rewind the play or do or do whatever so <clears throat> we're going to go wide on this play give me one moment <clears throat> excuse me all right you can see the play is wide you can see we're lined up in a scrimmage kick formation now i'm going to put the draw function up so you can see it real quick and the reason why i want to put the draw function up is a lot of times what i like to do is I want to walk through what we're looking at here in a five-person game. Remind us who's looking at who so we know who is covering what. So on this play, now it depends on where you work. A lot of different states might handle this a little bit differently. Some states used to take the line judge down here and bring him all the way over here and get him in some position even before, even before the ball was snapped. You know, some still do that, especially in four-person. But in a five-person game, most likely... The, who's ever working the chains, you know, the H or, you know, headlinesman, head, head down judge or whatever you want to call, is going to hold the line of scrimmage. And as soon as the ball is snapped, this official is going to start to drift downfield to get in a position for a potential short, a potential short kick. And that way, because you got a back judge who we'll see come into the frame here in a moment, that pretty much has a receiver who is back. Now, obviously the referee up here is going to, be responsible for the kicker and our umpire is going to be responsible for the center because as we know when we're in a scrimmage kick formation the center is protected and then the kicker is protected as well if he is a kicker but we can't forget about blocking and a lot of times i see officials what they'll do is they'll if they're the, the line the line judge up here at the bottom of the screen as soon as the ball is kicked they put their head down and take off okay i what that does is that actually leaves a hole. It leaves a hole in the mechanic because there's a guy on the end of the line of scrimmage. And sometimes coaches actually know this. You know, there's some smart coaches out there who will see no one's looking there. So you'll, a lot of times, this guy may end up tackling this guy and no one's going to see it because the referee is kind of focused on here and maybe the umpire's focused on here. So when I work the line judge, as I start to move downfield, I'm still looking back here because I don't need to watch where I run. There better not be anybody in the restricted area. I don't need to watch that. I'm going to just keep an eye out for what happens here as I start to move downfield to make sure that this person gets around clean or that it's a clean block by this player. 
So don't forget that. That's, these are things that we're going to be looking at as the ball is kicked. All right, so now let's, let's run it through. You can see <clears throat> clean snap. Now look, that, now in this mechanic, now I, I forget if there's actually, there might be seven on this game, I'm not sure, but you can see the line judge is not moving on this play, but we do have a pretty clean block here, so that's good. That means we're not having any, uh, any shenanigans going on. So we got a clean block there, and then the ball is kicked away. Now let's focus in on what we wanted, a kick-catching interference. So you can see there is seven officials on this game. Here you go. All right, one more time, and then I'm going to ask our esteemed panel what they, if they have anything or if they haven't. So there you go. So now you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, from what we just went through, those rules, and you can text if you got it. It's up there. It's up there somewhere. If you've got a, uh, an opinion on this, go ahead and text me. I think I'm going to start out, I think I'll start out with, uh, let's, uh, let's start out with, well, let me get Mike ready here. Mike, let's start out with you. Mike, what do you, what do you have on this, Mike? What, what would you rule if, if, if you were the, the official? This is a great example of a wait and see what happens. Um, I, I think the uh, receiver makes the play without any difficulty. So uh, I don't have a foul. We don't have a particular yardage or halo rule. So, um, you know, he made the he made the catch pretty cleanly, and so I'm going to let this one go. No foul. All right, I'll play it again just so everyone can see it. So Mike says he he made it pretty cleanly. A wait, a wait and see. So he has he has no foul. All right, so that's that's good. He's got he's got no foul, and I'm going to bring Bill in here for a minute. I get Bill. So Bill, you see a play like this, you know the rule, what kick catching interference is, what it's not. What, what do you think? What do you, what do you have on this? I totally agree uh, that if he can make that catch clean, uh, I'm going to ignore that and do a talk, maybe a talk to, to the kicking team players about uh, giving a little bit more room uh, in the future. But um, he catches it clean, no foul. If he has a problem with it, then the flag goes down, and that would be kick catch interference. All right, so you've got, you've got this as, as clean. Now, that's a... Let's go back to it, and I'm going to walk through. And, and we got uh, Joe out there in, uh, who texts us who says he agrees with Mike, which is good. So uh, he, going back to our, our rule, does ask yourself, you have to ask yourself this question. Does the kicking team give the receiver the opportunity to catch the ball? Okay, he catches the ball. So you would, it's... I can understand if it, the judgment of the official was like that little that little movement there where where the the player goes and kind of gets a little close and backs up the kicking team player and then backs up. Well, wait a minute. Did did he interfere with his opportunity to catch the ball? Well, here comes the argument for if you if you make this call, okay? If you throw your flag, you're going to get the argument, how did he interfere with him? He caught the ball. He caught the ball. How did he interfere with the opportunity to catch it? If he if he actually caught the ball, so be real careful. If you if if you're the type of official who who thinks that this is that you really think that this is kick catching interference because he got he interfered with the opportunity and just the fact that he caught it doesn't matter. Well, you're gonna get that argument. I agree with the with with Mike and Bill. I would personally pass if I was a back judge, I'd pass on this. I would also agree with Bill. A talk to him like hey. That's a real 
close. Because guess what? We're going to have another play here. And we're going to go to that play right now. And things might, things might be a little bit different on that play. Or the next play, I should say. So let me, uh, let me go wide on it here once I get the play going. All right, here we go wide on the play. Same thing as before. You know, you're walking through with, with this. We want it, this is a little bit of a different formation, a little bit more of a spread, but same thing. If I'm, if I'm the line judge down here, I don't want to give up on this. Don't give up on that because sometimes bad things can happen. Hopefully our back judge, who's not doing much right at the snap, is either coming up, is coming over up here or he's coming here because I'm hoping that our head linesman or line judge or head down judge or whatever you want to call her H, he's holding the line of scrimmage. Hopefully he's looking at this because we, a lot of times these guys will, will break out too. So somebody's got to be looking at to make sure everybody gets clean off the line. Cause not only it's a two tiered thing when it comes to, when it comes to scrimmage kicks, they're not, not only trying to, the kicking team is trying to block the receiving team from blocking the kick, but they're also trying to get down to cover it. So there's kind of, you gotta, you're playing both, both ends of the spectrum in regards to who's blocking who and why. So just keep that in mind. Don't forget that. So, all right. So we kind of know what's going on. Let's let the play roll out. You're going to see the ball is kicked. And now if you look down here, it's interesting. There's a little bit of a, you know, you want to know, watch this engagement down here. This is one of those where you want to know that, do we have anything illegal? Did he get off? It looks a little, yep, looks like you let him go. So we're good. Now, here we go. Uh-oh. A lot of things going on on this play. And everybody's going to be jumping in, I'm sure. Let's walk, let's walk it back again. Here we go. All right, looks like a muff. And then we got a lot of things. So there, there are a few things that... Uh, we can we can break break down on this play. I'm gonna bring Mike in again to start this one yeah. off. Mike, I'm just gonna let's first start with and we got some people who text us. So I'm gonna we're, we'll get to that as well. Let's start with our kick catching interference potential. You know we had that first one. Says similar. What do you got? Yes, kick catching interference. <laughs> Simply, and, um, also simply I'm following yes. the chat on MIBT online, and uh, that also we also have support there um, for kick hitching interference. Okay, so Mike, I want you to tell me why. Well, he wasn't able to cleanly make the catch. Um, he was clearly interfered with. With guys, um, looks like they were even contacting the receiver. Um, based on my the first time I saw it through, they were right on top of him and he was not able to get to the ball. Um, so they blocked his ability to get to the football. And as a result, um, he muffs it. And yeah, he didn't, they didn't actually contact him, but he muffed it because of the presence of the kicking team player, not giving him room to make a clean catch. All right. So I like that, Mike. I like, I like that assessment. Now, Bill, same thing. We didn't have any, whether you know, Mike says contact, I don't know if there was contact, but it was similar to the previous play. What makes this different? What makes it different is, is that that player coming in and even the jump back from that player when he was so close, uh, that throws off the rhythm of the receiver trying to make the catch. So 
the muff of the ball, I'm putting that burden on the kicking team for being in, in, interfering with him, uh, even without contact. Um, so um, flag down and kick catch interference. All right. So kick catching interference. I agree. And here's and, and, and I'm glad those guys were able to to articulate that. That's the difference. Ask yourself the question. Did the kicking team interfere with the opportunity for the receiving team to make the catch? Yes, they did. They don't have to make contact. The first one, they didn't make contact, but they didn't interfere with the opportunity. This one, whether they made contact or not, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if they made contact, but it doesn't matter. They interfered with that opportunity. And, uh, and so that's the important point. Most of the people out there, you, know, you got guys like, uh, um, let's see, John and Elias, they, they, uh, they tend to ag agree. Um, uh, but there was something else that happened on this play that, that Elias pointed out, so we're going to get to that, that second part in, <laughs> in, a, uh, in a little bit. Somebody said the, the back judge needs to join MIBT, probably, because then they won't make uh, the same mistake the next time. Um, so let's go back to the play, because there's a couple other things that happened on the play that aren't, aren't so hot. So I don't necessarily see a flag by this crew, but who cares? You know, it, it, whatever. It is what it is. You know, this at this point, whether you have kick catching interference or not, at this point, right here, this play is dead. And I think most of us know that. But I think sometimes what happens is in the heat of the moment, we get all excited. And we see a clean, a clean, uh, you know, whatever, a recovery like this. And a guy takes off. And so it's like you just kind of like kind of go with the moment. And you're like, uh oh. Now, that's where we have to take our deep breath, especially for the for the back judge, and we have to remember what the you know what the rule is. What or even if you're not the back judge, you know sometimes we can have a brain fart as a as a back judge. But there's and this is a, only a five person game. There are four other officials who should know right now whether it's the line judge. The the uh, the H whatever they should know right now that this play is dead at this particular point and if we don't get the spot 100% correct I don't think anyone's gonna care because K wants the ball now did they get the ball legally no this should be this should be this should have been flagged um, I'm going to uh, and I and I there's a couple points about the formation. And about some of the other positioning of the officials, we'll get to, we'll get, we'll go back to that. And but before I do that, I want to bring Bill back in. And Bill, how do we make a mistake like this? I mean, you would think this is we're, we're standard football stuff. You know, this is obviously MIB team members are, are aware. But like this is one of the first things you learn about. You know, uh, when you recover a kick, it can't be advanced, and that you have four, five officials. Out there, who who allow that? What happens? How do we how do we end up there? The only person that can really answer that question is the back judge, who's uh, allowed it to go. Um, you know, I hope it wouldn't be excuse time to say, well, he uh, he had the ball, he he possessed the ball, he fumbled it. He didn't muff it, he fumbled it. So if he fumbled it, the other team can run with it. Well, then I'd be coming back to him saying, well, did he wait for a fair catch? Because if that was a fair catch and he possessed the ball, then it's dead there. 
he can't fumble a ball if he waved for a fair catch and, and caught it. There's the difference between a muff and a fumble. So, and I couldn't tell on that, that view if, if there was a signal or not by the receiver. Uh, but only, only that back judge could explain it. I mean, we've all made our, our share of mistakes where it was uh, more mental than it was uh, anything else. Um, but, um, but yeah, kick plays, there's only one, one way they can, they can go with a return, and that's by the return team. Otherwise, if the kicking team's got the ball, uh, we're, uh, we, need, we need to shut it down. You know, Bill, that's an excellent point, and I'm glad that you brought it up about not knowing. Now, on this play, no, the, the player did not signal. It doesn't matter in regards we talked about in, in regards to the kick-catching interference part. But you're right. Now, what I, I want to clarify a remark that I said. I said one of the five officials should know. Yeah, maybe not in real time. Yeah, the back judge in real time has got this. Maybe the line judge, too, because the line judge should be down. But, yeah, we don't know what happened. You might not, if you're the referee, if you're the, you're the H or the umpire, you may not know. You could have a catch, end of the kick, and then a fumble, which can be advanced. That's the difference. And you might not know. But to ask the questions, because most of the time, if we're experienced, we kind of have an idea that that didn't look right. And to ask the question is important not necessarily just to come in and stop it if you don't know 100 percent but to come back and ask the question that's the way to go so i appreciate i appreciate uh, uh bill uh chiming in on that and i think i see i think i see mike so mike let me uh let me bring mike back in here mike what do you got on this um well we just have a question that brian hoskins posed um just i think on behalf of a lot of other football officials if the kicking team has to allow uh, the receiving team the opportunity to make a catch during a scrimmage kick and R muffs the ball and it doesn't touch the ground, so he muffs it up into the air, does K still have to allow R to have the opportunity to complete the catch? I love this one because it's different. <laughs> Did you know it's different at, at, at two different codes? And we talk high school football here. Yeah. High school sure. football, high school football, once the ball, once the opportunity of the, they get one opportunity to catch the ball in high school, one opportunity, Perfect. boom. And then if the ball pops back up, free game. Other codes, it's not the same, but in, in high school, that's what they're going to do. So, so to Brian's question, yeah, if I go back and I, and I catch the ball, all right, fair catch, boom. And now the ball hits my chest, pops up, or I muff it off my hands and it pops up and now I, I, I no longer have an opportunity because I already got my opportunity, then yeah, then, then that changes things. So, so I appreciate that, Mike. Anything else on that? So in other words, then kicking team could blow the guy up without personal fouling him, but he could blow the kid up after he muffs it up into the air. Right, as long as the contact is legal contact. Right, but yes, exactly. yes, the contact is now allowable because you've given the player the opportunity to make the catch. They missed out on their first opportunity. So, like I said, different and different in other codes. So that's a great question. And uh, I appreciate it. Let's go back. I'm going to back this play up because people had questions about the formation. You know what? You're absolutely right on the, this. Let's go. Let's look at the formation. Yeah. Is it, do we have this whole offensive line not breaking the waist of the center? Yeah, you could say that. Absolutely, you could say that. 
And if you want to call this an illegal formation, absolutely, you'd be supported by film. If you've already talked to him, I personally would try to talk to him first. This is the first pun I saw. But maybe not. This one's like, I mean, they've got to understand what they're, you know, they, they've got to be legal. And they're using numbering exceptions. So, I mean, I don't know. This one I might have, I might have talked to, but only once. So uh, I want to thank uh, Mr. Bosco for pointing that out. And we'll go back, go wide on it again, just so everybody can take a look. And you can see that these formations are supposed to be, you know, we, we need to make them legal. We can't allow these these kicking team players, even if they're no, not normally line persons, to, to go that far deep. And there was also, and I'm sure somebody probably saw there might have been a potential false start, a little flinch by number 75 at the top there. But we're going to let that one go. So uh, uh, I want to thank everybody who, who uh, kind of texted in on that. We got, we got some pretty good participation, and I appreciate that. Let me, uh, you, you don't need to see all that stuff. We're going to bring up... We're going to bring up the next play, though, and this is our final kick-catching interference play for the day. Now, some of us have have uh, seen this before. You know, I've 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 showed this play before, but I wanted to to make sure we showed it again because uh, hang on, let's make sure we're good here. All right, let's go wide on the play. You can see it's a kickoff. You got a kickoff here. The ball, the kicking team is approaching the approaching, and here we go. Kickoff, short kickoff in the air, and boom. What do we got? What do we got? Well, the officiating crew says we got the kicking team ball. So let's walk through it again and ask ourselves: on a free kick, does the Receiving team have the opportunity to catch the ball without contact, without being interfered. And right there, I think there's a little bit of kick-catching interference, even though the ball goes 10 yards. And that's where I think we, we sometimes, and I say we, okay, I understand sometimes we as officials, but really the coaches get confused because they have free kick. It's free kick. I can kick 10 yards. Once the ball goes 10 yards, bam, I can, uh, I can recover it. Well... We have rules that say no, not in this case because the ball was still airborne. Ball was still airborne. The kicking team has to give them the opportunity to catch the ball, and they don't. So we should have a flag right there. Now let's see what happens on the result of the play. So the kicking team ends up with the ball. All right, so now we know we should have a flag for kick catching interference. Does anybody out there disagree with that, by the way? If you do, now is your time. Now is your time. Please text me. I know Mike and Bill. I'm not even going to go to them. I know they don't disagree with me on, on this one. So I'm not even going to go to them. But it's a, I want if anybody thinks that this is not kick-catching interference, let me know. But I want to talk about the penalty enforcement because we didn't get into the penalty enforcement on the last one, but I want to on this one just so we're all on the same page. All right, let me go back to the, I want to get to the spot. So you've got that right here. You've got, you should have the flag. So the flag should probably be right about the 44, 43, 44, okay? We won't split hairs on that. And then the kick is recovered at, at about the 43. Now, if the receiving team 
recovered the ball. Let's say that let's say that the kicking team did not recover the ball in this case, but the receiving team recovered the ball. Mike, I'm going to bring you in on this one. So we're saying the receiving team recovered it, not the kicking team in this. But the, we do have the foul. The foul the foul has happened. Okay. Well, because of my new rule, right? I get to add on. 15 yards at the end of the kick, right? I get to do that, right, in this case? Well, I mean, it, I guess you get your choice, right? You get your option. It depends on where he recovered it. But the foul is going to be the place where we enforce it from. So they can enforce it 15 yards from the spot of the foul and go forward. Or if somehow if the ball bounced and went all the way down the field and they recover it more than 15 yards, then they'll decline the KCI, right? And they'll just take the result of the play. That's the important point, is that in this case, because the foul, spot of the foul, and where if this was the the receiving team who recovered the ball, then it, in essence is the same with the exception of you get a, if you take the kick-catching interference, you get the free kick or I'm sorry, you get this, uh, the uh, awarded fair catch, which then gives you that free kick option. Here's the other thing. This is another important thing. And I wonder if, it's funny, if I wonder if Brian would pick, pick this up. Um, I, I don't want to put Bill on the spot, but maybe I'm, I'm going to put Bill on the spot here. So, Bill, I'm going to bring you in, and, and, and uh, I just, I'm just curious if you, if you can pick this up. So, in this play, we're saying that we've got the catching interference, but the receiving team recovered kick catching interference foul happened at the 43-yard line, and the recovery of the receiving team it happened at the 43-yard line. So not only do they have, they have the choice, they can choose to just take the result of the play plus the 15 yards, or they can take the awarded fair catch. What's another? So the awarded fair catch gives them the, gives them the opportunity to do that free kick, which we've rarely ever seen, but what's the other option that they get? by taking the awarded fair catch, why that might be more advantageous to them. What's the other option do you think they get? Good question. I'm, <laughs> you, got me, you got me stumped on that one. I got you stumped. All right, well, well, well oh, I see I see Mike. Mike, what, what do you got? They can kick a field goal. Can, well, that's what I said, free goal. kick. They can do the free from kick free for, kick, for, not, for no score. Holder, they're not from a tee with right. the 10-yard zone. And we have, I got this great play from Alabama, and uh, with, it's, it's classic. All right, so I'm going to give Rick. text. Tell me before we move on from this and to our, our plays of the week, text me if you know what's the other option from, from if you, that they might want to take in an awarded fair catch. This is, this is kind of actually important. It, it does, it's going to be one of those where you're going to be like, oh, yeah, but Let's see. Let's see what we got. Let's see. Uh, boom, 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 boom. 15 yards. Let's see what I'm looking at. Let's see. Oh, Elias, if I had a prize to give, you'd win it. Elias got it. Not only do they get the potential to, to, for the scoring kick, if they get an awarded fair catch, they can choose where the ball is snapped. They can choose anywhere in between the inbounds lines because it's a fair catch. What can we do with a fair catch? We can put the ball wherever it is. Now, if we took the result of the play, the foul, going back, I'll go back wide on it, going back, the foul happened up to the top of the screen. So it would be, the ball would come into the right hash. The succeeding spot, in this case, would be the right hash. 
So when you would walk the 15-yard penalty to a, the additional adding it on, in this case, if you took that option, you would have to do it from the right hash. So Elias, he got it. He, he, he nailed it. So that's a great job. So remember that. That's why, that's why it would, people might be like, it doesn't matter. I'll just give them the 15 yards. Who cares? Because it's the same. Well, no, it's a little bit different. No, the rules of fair catch. So good job, Elias. So let's go to our plays of the week. Before I do that, um, if you have any questions or anything like that, just uh, go ahead and text them or before we move on. I think we're good to do that. And I want... <clears throat> We're gonna run, or we're gonna run through these at least these first two pretty quickly because they were pretty straightforward. All right, so our first play of the week, everybody seemed to got or seemed to figure out. Now, of course, you're gonna be like Tim. It was backwards when we saw it on the play of the week. Well, there's reasons for that, but this one's this way now. Um, all right, so we this was the big one. Was this a touchdown or it actually was a two point conversion or not? That was we had a lot of people. In fact. Mike was one of the people who chimed in on this one during the, uh, during the uh, comment period. Well, you can still comment on this play, but it's important. Uh, Matt Sumstein did a great video on this, uh, on this and I, I linked it in the YouTube. You can go check it out. We've talked about this before. Now, remember, there's two different rules, two different codes. In this game, this should have probably been a two-point conversion, but in our game, high school, you have to ask yourself when you get the goal line extended. You get the goal line extended when a body part or something is in bounds and then the ball is beyond the extended portion of the goal line. This is not the case here because you can see the player is airborne. He's touching a pylon which puts him out of bounds. So then you have to ask yourself where was the ball the ball, when he's out of bounds, it went across the sideline. That's your forward, your, your forward most point. He does not get the goal line extended. If you back this up and that foot was actually on the ground before touching the pylon and the ball was on his, in that left arm extended across the extended portion of the, of the extended goal line, then they would get a touchdown in high school if they have that part in bounds. Because he's airborne and because he doesn't have a, a part inbounds, he does not get the, the goal line extended. Like I said, Matt Sumsen did a whole breakdown. I'm not going to go into it too much more here. Go check it out. We, got a, we had a link to the YouTube in our video, so you probably got a chance to see that. But I just wanted to kind of break that down. And uh, like I said, we were happy that Mike, Mike chimed in. We had a bunch of people chime in on that. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Let's, uh, let's go to our... Let's go to our next play of the week that uh, we want to break down here. This one was another good one. All right, we'll go wide on it real quick. So this was a, was a, was the um, this was four. This was fourth down. There's a big big play in this game. This is fourth down, and uh, it's it's late in the it's later in the first half, and this team this this about this could turn the game, and you could see that the, the ball it's like it's really tight. Now, I did do a show close-up on the play of the week. I don't have the close-up here. But you have to ask yourself, right here, he's, he's, still, he's still a runner. He is not down because the hand is not considered to be down. It's got to be hand or foot. You're good. Anything else, you're down. So that's a hand. He's still not down. Now you got you to ask yourself right there, where does, the, where does this forearm 
go down. So the forearm is down right there. Where's the ball? That was my question. What happened? Like if you were if you were on the field and you were ruling this, we had a lot of people comment that said they thought from the film that the forearm might have been down and the ball short. Okay, that's your opinion. We don't have a camera angle here. This is replay. Replay is not get involved in this. They can't tell if we this was a replay, if you had replay, which we don't at high school. But they're not getting involved in this one because you don't have an angle. The only I'm going to let this play out. You're going to see, because I didn't let it play out on the YouTube. We did play of the week. You're going to see line judge comes in touchdown at the end there, right there. And you see, he comes in touchdown. And he's the only one who knows whether or not that was a touchdown or not. Okay? He's the only one. And, and most of the YouTube comments that we got were right along those lines. That, that's got to be the only one who knows. And that's true. Because really, you're not going to get any additional help here. This is his play, and it's goal line mechanics. And I don't need to break it down because we know what we're looking at in this particular case. But I did want to show it. That, that was a real important point that the line judge is the only one who knows, and I'm going with the line judge. I happen to be the head linesman on this game, and I was on the other side. And you want to know something? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know, because I couldn't see it. It was right in front of him. I said, the line judge, he was like, hey, did I get it right? I said, I don't know. You were there. You made the call. I thought you made the right call, because you were there, and you were in the right position. So that's a good thing to remember. Now, here comes the one I really wanted to talk about in our last 15 minutes. And this one will take about 15 minutes to talk about. So this was our play of the week from this week, which we haven't really gotten into. I like to break, when we have a meeting, I like to break it down. That's why I like the last play going in to be a little bit more complicated. And this one was complicated. All right, let me go wide on it so we can see what we got. All right, we've got the, the offensive teams, got the ball here, second down. So we got our we got two parts of this. Let's make sure we know we got. It looks like they've got seven officials on this game, but let's make sure we know what everybody's looking at. Now, we've got a tight formation here, so we got most of our offensive players pretty pretty packed up, and we've got a motion player here. So all right, good. We got we're good there. We have to know what we're looking at now in a five-person game. Where's our back judge most likely going? Well, our back judge. We'll go to the strength with right over here is the strength. So our back judge is probably going to look here, and our H is probably going to have this guy, and our L is probably going to have this guy. That's just initial keys, initial keys and priorities at the snap. Now, this is going to change up real quick. As you can see, everybody, this, this shows run. Now, I have talked about this before. Teams will show a play like this. Everybody will block down. They'll take, um, they'll pull the guard and the tackle, but nobody, the lineman will go downfield. And they'll pull this one back and throw it downfield. It used to be so easy to figure out pass run. It's not. They, they, because they understand the defense would read the same thing too. So they try to confuse the defense. So you could read run on this if you're the back judge or the line of scrimmage, but it could turn into something else. This one does happen to be a run though. So if we go through it, you got blocking down. So you have to ask yourself, who is watching? Once they block down, if I'm the L, am I staying with this player right here? Because now I got some other stuff going on. Who's going to pick up that player? 
Is our umpire going to pick up that player? It looks like our umpire is still focused in here. Is our back judge going to be able to read the play and come over the top and help there as well? I don't know. I, at this point, you might not want to forget about what's on the left side because you still don't know what's happening. We don't know what's happening, but somebody's got to see that block. I think if you're the L, you're, you're still on that block because there's no other block to be on at this point. You've got two guys who are pulling. But at this point, I, I think you're staying on that block. But now once this happens, now once you see these two guys come around the corner, you're going to have to drop that block. And you're, you have to go to point of attack. Now if you're the back judge, I'm hoping that at this point, you're realizing that the ball is coming this way and you don't need to necessarily look over here. But if you're not, then this is, we're, putting a lot of, we're putting a lot on the L. But also, we have to look at our referee. What's our referee? Is our referee just going to watch a guy run the ball? Hopefully not. Hopefully our referee's eyes are going to point of attack. So either he's picking up this, the rest of this block, or he's coming over the top to help out with this block. One way or the other, our referee should be looking at blocking, not a runner. Now, in this particular game, they had extra officials. If you've got that extra official, oh man, this guy's got nothing else to look at. Even though this was initially his key, this is the, this is the this is the biggie. This is the one that we need to we need to keep an eye out because then what happens is is that we got this potential low block, all right? Yeah. And it, this is this is a pretty amazing play actually. I mean, because it's a potential low block. We'll talk about if you think it's an illegal low block or not. You can text me right now. Text me if you if you were had seen the play of the week, what you thought, low block, legal block. I'm gonna go to Mike and Bill on this one real quick. But then the ball ends up on the ground. So before we move on to the next part of this play, I want to first let's talk about the first block. And I'll bring in Mike first on this one. Mike, what do you did you have this block as a as a legal block by the defense or an illegal block below the waist? What would you have? Boy, it's really tight, but it sure looks like he contacts him first at the rate at the waist um, and then slides down. Um, I, I, I have a hard time. I mean, you, it jumps out at you and I know we want to err on the side of safety, but, um, it looks to me like he, he gets them at the waist. All right. So you, you're thinking he, he, he's got, he's got him at the waist. Okay. That's cool. Bill, what do you think? Block below the waist at the waist. What do you got? You know, when the uh, offensive player comes forward, the offensive player starts lowering down. And I think that contact by the defense actually starts into the chest area, but he's bent over uh, into the chest area and then hits him, uh, you know, probably at or above the waist and slides down. I don't have a foul on it. Uh, Suspect's got to get your attention, uh, but I hope I see the whole thing so when somebody questions it, I can tell you exactly why it's not a foul. That's a good, that's a really good point, why it's not. Now, I'm going to give you another angle of this. Um, I guess it wasn't fair to my, to my friends here, but so there's the other angle. It's off to the right of the screen. This is the end zone shot. You'll see it again. It's off, I'll play it again. It's off to the right, very right of the screen. So there's, there's your initial contact. So and then it kind of, it does look, it looks pretty bad, but is it or isn't it? You know, it's one of those who's, who's getting, who's playing lower. I, you know, looking at it, looking at it from the side shot, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you guys. I mean, 
that's that's tough. I mean, Mike, you see it from the side shot here. I mean, are you still you still you still good with it? Yeah, I, I am. He doesn't he doesn't lower his whole upper body low enough to be below the waist. I mean, I, honestly, I think that the uh, that that he basically just gets under the helmet line. So just to avoid, he avoids getting cracked by the guy's helmet. Just ducks just under it. He completely rubs the chest on his way down. I, by rule, I don't think this is a block below the waist. Okay, that's a good question because you, you know what what defines a block below the waist is a block at the waist or it has to be below the waist. That they actually clarified that not too long ago. So if you've got that contact at or, or at or right at the waist and not below it, then then you're. Uh, you're good. This is a good block. Bill, you changing your mind on it, or are you, you still the same after looking at it from this view? Still the same. Uh, haven't changed my mind. All right, cool. So that's what we're going there. Now let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the other view here, because uh, well, first I haven't anybody text me on this one, but if you if you want. And you don't want me to mention your name, I won't. But uh, I just love the interaction, so I'm just I want to give everybody credit for for their interaction. So if you're out there and you you, you think that uh, this is uh, you agree or disagree, you're probably asking what I, what I think. Well, let me go to the draw function, and I will tell you what I think. So let's go wide again on it, and you're going to see. My thought is that I, you know, it's like personally. Looking at it from that point, I'm thinking it, this is just a battle of, of who wants to get lower. And and is the defender trying to go below the waist? Is he just trying to take on the contact? And because where he's at, then the, the offensive player ends up going over, kind of over the top of him, and then it turns into this block below the waist. But was that really what was going on there? Yeah, I, I could, I think I, if, you know, not to be wishy-washy on it, I think if that, if it was thrown, I could be like, all right, I would go with the officials on the field. They were erring on safety. I think if I saw it, I'd probably pass on it because I would, I would look at it as where did the contact start? Was it below the waist or was it at the waist? And that's something that I've said to people before, when, when or coaches, I should say. The block was at the waist. It wasn't below the waist. So... Just if don't just say that. Make sure that that it's actually the case. If that's what what happened. All right. So most of nobody else came back with that saying that this, that they had this illegal or anything. So we're just going to move on with this now. So now this is like I said, this is a great play because this defender then makes the tackle and then causes a fumble, which is then picked up and returned for a touchdown. But we have another potential block here coming out the end of the play. Now here's the thing: is like who's gonna see this, whether it's legal or not. Once this this play happens, once we have this return, this becomes a two-person officiating game, basically, because no nobody else is gonna help. Our umpire is gonna clean all this mess up. Our field judge really can't do anything. So basically, our umpires, or I'm sorry, our referee has the goal line. Okay. And our line judge has the sideline. But they do have this play boxed in. So they can see, between the two of them, they can see everything that, you know, from every angle. So now it just becomes on this one, 
It, oh, here's the other thing I, I will say. Look at, I want everyone to focus in on the line judge. And this is kind of important. He's, he's in a race. He's in a foot race right now. He doesn't need to be in a foot race. Why? Because he's got an ump, or a, a, a referee who's got the goal line. He doesn't have the goal line in this situation. So to try to race this guy to the goal line might put you too close to the play where if you're kind of back here a little bit, you're going to be able to have a better view of this block. And you would even have a better view of something that happened there because if you're running full speed and now you've got a pylon mess, you're still not going to see it because you're running too fast. Your head's bouncing around too much. So I think on this play that you might want to slow up just a little bit knowing that this just becomes like, you pretend like your, ump or your uh, referee is your back judge. And this becomes like a, a back judge line, a line of scrimmage official situation. And you just kind of look. Now they do look and they, they, go, they, they both go up touchdown, which he doesn't really need to do that because it wasn't his goal. And he can just give him a point or not. But now we get back to this block. So it's another potential block below the waist. Now here's the one thing I'm going to do before I, before I bring in the, the panel and uh, before I bring in uh, Mike and Bill. I will show them the other angle of this one this time so they can make an assessment. All right, so here we go. Let me go wide on this to get to this angle. So now you're going to see it at the right of your screen. You can see there it is. Not as clear, but you can still see it there. All right, so we've got those. Now feel free, once again, you can text. If you got a, I see Joe, Joe texted. But uh, I'll start out with Bill on this one. Bill? Second block, block below the waist or legal block? Again, awful tight, suspect. From the side view, I said, no, nah, he's got him. Uh, and then what slid down from that end zone view there, looks like he may have been below the waist. Um, so it's going to depend on the angle and the view that you have. Um, but again, uh, it's still, still borderline, air on the side of player safety. I'd support a foul. All right. You, you would support a foul on that one. Mike, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I, I agree with Bill. I had already posted in the chat that this looks more like a foul. Um, and again, when it's, when it's suspect and it looks more like a foul on a safety foul, it's a flag. We should put it down. Okay, so Mike, you got this as, as a foul. Um, I'm going to give you my, my take on this. We'll go back to the to the wide shot uh, from the side first. And then this is what I thought think ha happens on this. Once again, to my point about, I think if our line judge is a little bit further back, he's gonna get a better view of this. But this is what I look, what I see. I see, looks like there's contact right there. It doesn't look below the waist. And here's the other thing I see. I see the, the defender, well, who's now with a former offensive player, is now the defender, he looks to be diving He's diving for that. When he, it's funny. It's like I guess it's a natural reaction to put your hands out if you get taken out. But it almost looks like he's trying to dive for him, like he's trying to grab him, you know, at last ditch effort. And and then if you go, I'm gonna bring back to the go back to the other the other side here, the the um, the the back the end zone shot. 
it kind of, I mean, like I said, you do lose it a little bit for a second, but I mean, it looks like he's still, look, he's still, like, he's not looking down. He's, it looks like he's diving for that guy. Personally, I think he's diving for him. And so, and because the contact, does he, you know, from the side, if you can put it together piece by piece, right there, if that's your initial point of contact, that is at the waist. His back is at the waist. You can see, you can kind of see the, the indentation of, of the body. His body's kind of indented a little bit. So you know the contact starts there. So I would be okay. Once again, safety, if you err on safety, I had a very similar play. I showed this a couple years ago where I messed a play like this up because it looked like the first, you know, looked like it was blocked below the waist from where I was looking. And if you looked at it from the back where I wasn't looking, it wasn't. So on a play like this, I'd be okay, you know, from a safety standpoint. But I think if I'm, if I'm looking at it and I see this like this, I'm probably, I'm going to pass on this one. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, do it. In fact, I, I got an agreement from the, the chat or uh, from the text. Joe says he thinks he's diving. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Mike, here real quick. Does, uh, Anybody else have anything to say on this one? I see you looking down. What do you got? Yeah, no, Brian, um, Brian and Ken um, Tindall, um, they both agree that this is not a foul. Um, they agree with your assessment. It's, they started high, slid low again. And also the idea here about you have to have your feet on the ground to be blocked below the waist if you're airborne. You can't be blocked below the waist. It's not a, it's not a foul for block below the waist. That's a great point. That's a huge point. If you're going airborne and now all bets are off. Very good, very good, very good. So guess what? We're at the time where I don't like to keep, you know, I want to keep these an hour because we, we take some time out of our nights. You know, we might want to go watch Netflix or something like that before we go to work or something like that. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time. We're going we're gonna to call it, we're going to call it an evening. Um, but it was a lot of great discussion here. So thank you very much for, for joining us. I want to thank Mike Billica, Mike, any last minute? It looks like you were looking down. I didn't mean to catch you there. Any last minute uh, thoughts on this? And then uh, we'll call it a night. We had a great discussion on the chat. It's um, It was a great group tonight. Thanks again for all the plays, Tim. And it was really glad to be here. All right, Mike, really appreciate it. Mr. Lemagne, back from Japan. Give us a little quick synopsis on how your Japan trip went. Wow, it was two weeks of uh, nonstop uh, clinics, uh, sightseeing, game, watching games, work the game. Uh, just a fantastic group of guys uh, to uh, to be associated with in Tokyo and Osaka. So uh, it went by fast. It was, you know, but uh, I, I'm still, I've been home a week and I'm still in jet lag from it. So, <laughs> you know, it was busy. Jet lag, yeah, I'll get you. Well, good. Well, thank you for being here, Bill. I really appreciate it, um, uh, the time. Uh, all right, so don't forget, apparel. Go get it. Wear it proud. Wear it proud. Tell your friends. Tell your officials, fellow officials. We want people. We're trying to, a community here. That's why I want to bring people in. I want to talk. I want. We're going to start trying some new stuff here. We're, uh, we are going to be, I'm, I'm actually going to be at the uh, Tom Beard West Clinic next week. Looking forward to that. I'll tell you a little bit about it next month. Um, we do have our meeting next month. Robert should hopefully be back with us. I'm hoping. He's doing lacrosse. He got lacrosse games. How about it? He's a lacrosse playoff official now. Um, you can always email me. 
Look for the plays of the week. You're going to hear this breakdown. You already did. You're going to hear a little bit of it on our play of the week, but we'll have a new one tomorrow posted. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back here next month here at MIBTOnline.com. Thank you for being a subscriber. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. You need to be an official because it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, one last thing. We're going to have some stuff next month about our Alaskan adventure. Everyone's like, Tim, what's the Alaskan adventure? We'll have more about that next month. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you then. I'm Tim Keefe from MIBTOnline. So long, everybody.